Cool. Um, I'm going to pray, and then we can start. Um, Jesus, we love you. God, um, yeah, would you just speak to us? Open, um, yeah, just open hearts and minds tonight, God, to hear your voice, Lord. Um, God, would you use me? Um, speak to me. Speak through me. Um, help me to say everything you want me to say. Help me to leave out anything you want me to leave out, God. We love you, and uh, in your name I pray. Amen. Cool. So um, we're going to start. We're just going to jump right into the Bible, okay? Um, we're going to start, we're going to read Philippians, um, chapter two, verses one through five. Okay. I'll give you a minute. Philippians two, one through five. So it says this, it says, therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and mercy Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, and of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Okay? Okay. Um, So, I just want to start out, this is kind of like... Um, prequel. I was trying to think of a cool prequel. There aren't really any. Um, so this is kind of prequel to what we're talking about. If you've been with us this semester or any semester in Chi Alpha, we talk about the same three things all the time. We t- look at the three reels, right? Real devotional life, real community, real responsibility, right? Um, if you haven't heard that before and this isn't your first time, you can smack your small group leader. Um, uh, so tonight, spoiler alert, we're talking about real community. We're talking about friendship, okay? We talk about friendship all the time. It's a big deal to us. Um, but what I want to say, and I just want this to be, like, very clear before we start, is that the friendship we're talking about, friendship is, like, it means nothing, right? Like, like and I'm going to say this again later, love. Like, it means everything, so it, it actually has no meaning. So when we talk about friends, like, every single year, like, around move-ins or, like, welcome week I'll meet like a freshman um and I'll be like hey do you so where are you from like do you know your roommate and they're like oh yeah they're my friend and I'm like that's awesome so I went to the same high school together because how else are you going to be a freshman and be friends with somebody like you went to the same high school right like that's the only way I can think and they're like no 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 like (laughs) we played cod together this summer we have each other's gamer tag and I'm like what or like or, like, girls will be like, no, we follow each other on Instagram. And I'm like, but you just said y'all were friends. Like, what? What do you, just don't lie. Like, just say, no, I'm not their friend yet, right? Um, and so, with, with, when we're talking about friendship, I really hope tonight we can define it and, and be clear about what we're talking about when we say godly friendship, okay? All that to say, this type of friendship that I'm going to be describing cannot happen without at least the desire and hunger to be friends with God first, okay? That that has to be, like, understood. That's what I'm talking about, okay? Um, in John chapter 15, verse 14, Jesus says, um, you are my friends if you, what? It's up there. I know, I know y'all can just read it out loud. Do what I command. Okay, so it kind of sounds bossy, like, hey, I'll be your friend. If you do what I say, you should do, right? Like, no, 
Jesus is out for our best interest. He's wiser. He's better. He's all these things. And, and he has our best interest in mind. And so um, we t- we've talked about this this semester. Like he is the rightful ruler of my life. He has a right on my life. And so all of these things, if you want to have good friends, then first you have to love and trust Jesus or at least want to. Does that make sense? Okay, so we're all on the way. John 13, um, I don't remember what verse it is, but basically Jesus says um, 34. Uh, he says, um, they will know that you are my disciples by the way that you what? Love one another, right? Love one another. He doesn't say, and this was pretty interesting. He doesn't say, you are my friends if you believe in me. You are my friends if you don't go get drunk, right? Friendship, the way that we love one another is the only proof that we love Jesus. And this is like really kind of like new for me, like to, to understand it in this, in this way. Um, he didn't say you're my friends or, or people will know you're my disciples by the way that you don't smoke, right? Like, or, or cuss or how much you read your Bible or how much you pray each day or how many worship songs you have memorized all the, or even how much you go to small group or church or Chi Alpha or whatever, like none of those things are what he emphasized. All those things, so hear me rightly, all those things can be outflows of a love for God, but they don't prove our love for God, okay? Yeah, it is, like, I I was, like, freaking out. I was talking to, like, I think Evan and Frankie about this, and I was, like, losing my mind. Like, literally, friendship is the only proof that I love God, the way that I love one other people. You can do all those other things or not do all those other things and still not actually love Jesus, Does that make sense, like what I'm trying to say? Every good deed you do can be done without a love of Jesus except loving people he told you to. Everything else you can do, fake it till you make it, but you can't love other people, truly love them, like either accidentally or fakey, you know? Anyways, it's a big deal. It's only going to happen out of a heart devoted to loving and trusting Jesus. So if you need or want more information about that, talk to your small group leader. Um, I believe that they are on their way and they are, and they are friends with God. Okay. So friends with God first. I'm, I'm saying this because I want to be able to move, not past this, but move forward with that understanding. Okay. So I'm, I'm kind of building a foundation. We have to be friends with God. We've talked about that a lot, <laughs> not too much, but We've talked about that a lot, and I want to go somewhere else, okay? So if we're on the same page, we can move forward, okay? I'll, I'll say this. Beware of being someone you say, sorry, you beware of someone who, that, sorry. Beware of being someone who says that you love God, but I don't really love other people. I've heard that before, a lot. But also, beware of being someone who says I really love God, but I don't like spending time with him. And I don't like, and it freaks me out, and I don't like listening to my own thoughts because that's scary too. Both of those things, if you don't like, if you say you love God and you don't like to be around other people, and if you say you love God and you don't like to be, is that, like, that sounds crazy, but it's real, okay? You don't like to be around other people, you don't like to be around God. Those are like red flags in your relationship with Jesus, okay? So you can, you're probably not quite as close to him as you think you are, if that's true. Does that make sense? Okay. 
okay, a little, y'all okay? Does that make sense? Okay, so, all right, that's a prequel. The prequel's over. We're going to get into the first chapter one. Well, I'm thinking movies, because that's all I ever think about. Uh, <laughs> sorry. We're not going to do this. This is funny, but we'll do it another time. Um, have y'all ever heard this? I'm a lover, not a fighter. Okay. I was going to say that's the stupidest thing of all time, but I will not say that. That is the most ignorant thing you could ever say. It's the most ignorant thing you could ever say. And here's why. To truly love something means that you have to be willing to fight for it. If you don't believe this, I will tell you a little story. Earlier today, it was a beautiful day today. It was hotter than we all thought it was going to be, so we all wore long clothes, and then we were, like, burning up. If you didn't, except Dom, because he doesn't ever wear long clothes. <laughs> Neither does Ezekiel Elliott. Um, <laughs> me and Sean are hanging outside, like, by that tree across the street, and we're talking about economics, okay? We're talking about economics. We're having a discussion. We're not arguing. We're just having fun. Tommy, where's Tommy? Tommy, my man, literally races aggressively towards me and Sean as we're yucking it up about economics. And he says, hold up. Did I just hear you say Chick-fil-A and McDonald's in the same sentence? And I was like, okay, let's back up, A, and B, yes. And, and it's proof. You can't love something without being willing to fight for it, okay? So I don't even know what he was fighting for or loving, but that is true. Like, if you love something and you feel the sense of justice towards it, you're going to fight for it, right? The family of God is meant to fight. We have our marching orders. We have our battle plans out um, we, we are supposed to fight for others. We're supposed to, supposed to fight for our king, our savior, and we're supposed to fight outwardly, right? And if we lose that burden to fight outwardly, then it deteriorates and we begin to fight inwardly, ruining our reputation, the reputation of our father, and the reputation of our family, okay? The Bible consistently says one another, one another, one another. We've, we've belabored this point, but we have to understand Friendship doesn't happen without effort, okay? It really doesn't. Friendship does not happen without effort. If you have found yourself in a place where you have a lot of friends, but you didn't do anything for it, be careful. They are probably really your friends, and you probably really aren't theirs, okay? Friendship always has to have fighting and it has to have effort i think if you're friends with somebody you actually need to fight them um or fight with them i don't trust anybody that's never made me mad or never gotten mad at me but that's very rare so uh when i was a freshman i went i went um sorry when i was a freshman obviously i went to college and then when i was at college i went to college for a specific degree i actually went to that college for a specific degree. This college just beat Oklahoma University at basketball. And that is one of our biggest rivals here. Do y'all understand? Big 12 is going down. West Virginia is the king, okay? Like, go Mountaineers. 
Our little school, my little school, beat Big Bad Oklahoma. That is a sport they're bad at. But <laughs> but it happened by one point, so that's exciting. But when I went to the school, I went to the school for a specific major. I got saved. I got into Chi Alpha. Um, my whole future, my whole plans, my whole career, um, I, they didn't really change. They just weren't that before. Um, and so I had this brilliant idea that I need to transfer, Okay. My family was like, hey, what, you went to the school for a reason. Go to a better school. Like, come on, let's be honest. Most schools are better than the school I went to. Um, you'll make more money. You'll have other friends. You'll have better networking. Um, you will meet. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll just be better for you to transfer. And so I was like, okay, that makes sense. Um, but I ended up staying, Okay. And it was really difficult. It was a really difficult decision because I was praying about it. And I was like, Lord, what do you want? Because when you get saved, you start to ask God his direction and his opinions on your life. And I said, Lord, what do you want? And then I started reading the Bible. And I was really mad because there's no verse that says, like, thou shalt not transfer or, like, <laughs> or like anything like that. I didn't know. I didn't know that. I don't know if you all knew that, but there's not. And so I was like, God was really silent about it. And when it kind of came down to it, I applied to a few different schools and, and got in. And I was still just, like, not at peace. Like, I just didn't feel, like, direction there. And I realized the number one and the most common way that God speaks is through Scripture, right? Um, everything that we ever hear from anything else should be weighed against Scripture. But then there's other things that it may not address. And there's different... Um, like, yeah, like transferring. So I can't just read the Bible. So I started asking godly wisdom and I started asking, uh, I started praying and the Lord showed me through my circumstances that I had found a group of friends and a community that cared about me like I didn't deserve. They cared about my future. Like I, like I never, that I didn't even care that much about my future. They cared about my eternity more than me. They loved me. They gave me value. They honored me. You know what I'm saying? Does this sound like any of y'all's friends? Okay, hopefully. Um, and it really kind of freaked me out because I realized at that moment that my circumstances and the friends that I had made, I couldn't just say I got lucky. Okay, I couldn't just say I got lucky. I had to actually attribute them as a gift from God. And so if you're in a small group, you're not just lucky, okay? And for me to actually say, oh, this is really lucky, or for me to transfer at that, at that point would be say, hey, God, this gift isn't good enough for me. This gift from you, actually, I don't want. And he knows what's best for me, and he wants what's best for me. And if he gave me the best thing that I could ever have, then I'm, I'm, I'm spitting on it and saying, no, that something else is better. I'm going to go find something better than you can give me. And, and I learned like a valuable um, lesson in friendship through all this. And that was um, I, need, I needed to learn that, um, sorry, I, I learned that because of those friends and because I saw them as gifts, I was going to commit myself to them. Does that make sense? I was going to commit myself to them. No matter what. So, tonight, 
this is what we're talking about. We're talking about real friendship. We're not just talking about pals, track team, um, color guard, uh, English club. I think that's funny. If we had an English club here, it'd be really weird. Um, different things like that. Like I'm talking about like godly friendship. Okay, brothers, sisters. And so what we're going to talk or what we're going to describe tonight is what, what I, what I want to call the posture of friendship, the posture of friendship. Okay. Your posture has to be good. Y'all, who has good posture here? Nobody? Okay. Micah, you can be proud. Okay. Um, this is bad posture. This Have you ever seen this picture? Okay, that's bad posture. This picture cracks me up. I don't care if y'all don't like it. <laughs> I, I went, I used to walk into my friend's room me and, my, me and my friend would walk into my friend's room, and he'd be on his bed like this, legit like this. And he'd have his Mac on his thing, and he'd just, like, look like this. And I'm like, bro, you're going you're gonna to die, like, just by the way you're sitting. That's not him. That just is what we thought he looked like. So I don't know if y'all knew this. I'm going to kind of breeze through this. When you have good posture, this is what – there are benefits to good posture, not just, like, you look nice or scary – right? Some people are intimidated by good posture. There are actual physical benefits and mental benefits to good posture. I'm going to these. Improved, improved memory and learning. You could be in a better mood. Increased testosterone in men. Makes you taller and slimmer. Makes you more confident because you're like proud of the way you look. Um, reduce pain in your back, neck. And if you have he- tension headaches, they can go away by, by adjusting your posture. And better digestion, okay? That's pretty crazy. Just Standing up straight, head up, you know what I'm saying? Like, all that stuff can be kind of, like, alleviated. So our culture, USA, like, what are we all about? We're all about comfort, you know what I'm saying? These chairs, y'all, we made, like, a great decision. Do y'all know what a chase is for a couch? Okay, it's just a bed that you add to your couch. And we bought one, and, like, it's the worst thing for me because I just am, like, like that guy, like, just chilling all the time. None of my muscles need to be, like, used. And, you know, you, you, sit at, you can sit at your table and look at your thing. You're, like, on your phone doing this. But all you'd really need to do is this to adjust your posture or, or, or stand up or, or, you know, squat sometimes. Or, like, just get, just get moving, man. And the reason I'm talking about all this stuff is because when your posture is out of whack, a lot of bad things can happen, Okay. But you can adjust it. And what I want to talk about if, is, is this posture of friendship is what, it really, what a good posture looks like and then how we can adjust it, okay? This is what's scary, though. If you have bad posture and you try and add something to it, then it's going to make it worse. Like if you put on you know, a, lot of, a lot of muscle and, and, and you have bad posture, it's going to make that actually worse, um, which, is, which is pretty scary. So if you're maturing um, spiritually, and you have a bad posture of friendship, then what that looks like is like you're in your Bible, you're spending time with Jesus, you're reading your, uh, reading your Bible, obviously, uh, praying, um, going to small group, and you have like really like, okay, we are going to, I know these guys, and we are going to get them saved. You know what I'm saying? Like you really care about lost people, but you don't have any friends, then you're going to be like ultimate weirdo. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you don't have anybody telling you the truth, okay? You, don't, you really don't. 
Um, and so that's that's what like if you if you have bad posture and you're trying to add maturity to it, it's going to be dangerous. Um, but if you have good posture and you add these things to it, then not only are you going to grow and you're going to become friends with God, spending time with Him. Um, you're also obviously because of His love for the world, going on mission trips, reaching lost people on campus in your classes. Um, but you're also going to have friends that you get to do it with and who are going to be able to help you grow and become more like Jesus. So, so those are, that's what like good posture would look like with, with maturing. Um, so yeah, what kind of posture do you have? Friendship is kind of tricky. I used to think for a long time that it was all about finding the right friends. Okay. And I'm actually, I actually don't know if I think that anymore. I think that there's wisdom in finding the right friends for sure. And I, I, I mean, Christopher was saying this, we've heard this for 13 years. Um, and this is like a new, the Lord has shown me a new way to look at this, in a sense. A new, not like a new way, that sounds weird. Like a new angle to like look at the same thing, okay? So it's the same stuff, it's just like fresh to me. And over the past couple years, um, I still believe that you need to select your friends wisely. But I actually really think that what kind of friend I am is more important than what kind of friend you are to me. Does that make sense? Okay. Like, it's more than just finding someone who checks all these boxes. We need to be honest tonight about whether we are checking these these boxes that we're going to go through. Okay? Like, am I a good friend to you? Okay, that means that we can be friends, okay? And, and step one is obviously being friends with God. Am I an example of a good friend? If you don't have deep, rich friendships, more than likely it's not someone else's fault, okay? Like it's probably, oh, this person's rude. This person, something's wrong with them. Flawed, rude, toxic. Like eventually you run out of everybody and like have to realize it's me, right? It probably just means you're lacking somewhere, even if, that means, guys, practically. So these, these four things we're going to talk about are spiritual. They, can, they have practical outworkings because that would just be ridiculous. But there are practical things for me to be a good friend. Am I, do I text people back when they text me? Some, Maddie, I'm not calling you out, but. <laughs> uh, do I have enough time to actually have friends in my busy, important schedule, okay? Um, am, am I, am, do I like things? <laughs> am, I, am I interesting to where I can have a conversation with someone and not just be a burden to them? You see what I'm saying? Like, these are really practical things that I think just kind of get looked over, and then we immediately say, well, I don't have any friends, so it's their fault, okay? But we need friends to hold up a mirror and show us what we're really like. Does that make sense? So, okay, it's a big deal. If we get our posture right, then disciples will be made. There will be missionaries overseas. There will be missionaries into the marketplace. Churches will grow. Um, like if you work at a hospital, like the whole hospital could get saved. You see what I'm saying? Because they will see that you are Jesus' disciple by the way that you love one another, the way that you love one another, right? If you don't do this, things could go okay, but there's no guarantee that anybody will either know that you, know that you love 
or care about Jesus. See what I'm saying? Like you can be secret, and that's really scary. So we're going to look at that passage, um, and we're going to talk about four things. They're really easy to remember because we call them the four C's, okay? The four C's. They all start with C, so it's really easy. So the first one is uh, common understanding, okay? Common understanding. Um, If you're thinking about posture, this analogy will break down. Don't worry, as all analogies do. But you can think about your head, okay? Your head, straight, tilted up, looking good. Um, Common understanding. So the verses is, be like-minded, have the same love, being of one accord and one mind. Okay, like I said earlier, friendship, true friendship, cannot happen without Jesus. Common understanding, not like, hey, do we like popcorn together? Hey, do we like this together? But common understanding regarding the one person that matters most. Christ, the head of our family. And so this is a big deal, this question, who is Jesus to you? Okay, who is Jesus to you? The reason that matters is because if you don't know, or you're kind of wishy-washy, or you're, Jesus is just who your pastor said, or your small group leader said, or your band leader tells you, or anything like that, then for you to find a common understanding with someone will just be trying to find someone who's as confused and wishy-washy as you are. Does that make sense? Like, we want to know who Jesus is, and, and obviously that starts with being friends with God. You have to be friends with God before you can get along with his friends. If you say that you love Jesus and you aren't enjoying it, no one will want it. They're like, hey, try this food. And then you make like a gross face. It's like, I don't want that. Like, is it rotten? Like, I don't want any of that stuff. So if you're not enjoying your relationship with God, no one else will want it. If people don't want your gospel, you, you may, it, may mean, it may be because you don't enjoy your walk with God. Okay? So we need to have like a common understanding that Jesus is, is Lord, and he wants us to have fun, and he wants us to have friends, and he wants us to enjoy the things that he's given us, right? Common understanding. If Jesus in, is in your heart, sometimes we have to, like, let our face know. Because we can't always just say, hey, the Bible says this, this, this. Like, our, our life is going to speak a lot as well as, as Scripture. So common understanding. We have to, we have to be um, men and women of, of understanding what we actually believe about Jesus, who he is to us, we have to be friends with him. Does that make sense? I know I've said that like six times, but it's that important. Okay, so the second thing is common unselfishness. Common unselfishness. Bless you. Um, let's see. Uh, verse 3, it says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than himself. Let each esteem others better than himself. When we talk about common unselfishness, this is where it breaks down. If you can think of a different way, please let me know. I'd love to, like, incorporate your hips in something that I talk about sometime. But your hands, okay, common unselfishness. We talk about, I mentioned this earlier, friendship and love basically have become nothing because they become everything. Um, If you walk around my neighborhood, it says love is love. That means absolutely nothing. Um, that is like so silly. And so it doesn't mean just anything. It doesn't mean just everything is love, right? Um, because when everything is love, then nothing is, right? Then, then this is, it's like whatever, like who cares? But love is incredibly important. It is a description of God's character. God is love. 
But when we talk about God, excuse me, when we talk about love, we mean this. It's not just a feeling. It is a feeling, but it's not just a feeling. It's a choice. It's an unselfish choice for the highest good of God and his kingdom. An unselfish choice for the highest good of God and his kingdom. Okay? Love is common unselfishness, right? We, we, if, if I'm unselfish and you're unselfish, we can be friends. <laughs> if I'm unselfish, excuse me, if I'm selfish and you're unselfish, I'm a bad friend to you. And we're actually not friends. Does that make sense? So common unselfishness. Real friendship, or excuse me, love looks like this, like, I want to be interpreted rightly. And so I'm going to do everything I can so that you can interpret me rightly. But also on the flip side, you're going to do everything you can to interpret me rightly. Um, Sean is one of my best friends, no secret. Um, And when I'm around Sean, I can use uh, passionate language and not be... um, condemned for being immature or not be condemned for being um, just feeling too much he is going to fight to interpret me in the way that I am actually trying to like the things that I'm fighting for the things I care about deeply Sean is going to interpret me well about that we have this standard of loving each other um, because Sean has my highest good in mind right does that make sense like that is what real friendship is going to look like we need to reflect love from God to others that means we need to be around him um, we were, I don't even remember where we were, but Katie and I were with our kids. Oh, it was when we went to, um, it was this summer. It doesn't matter. But I was jealous of a little kid. Have y'all ever been jealous of a little kid before? Like, like not cool. Like not a baby. Like, oh, I wish I could be held like a, <laughs> like a, like a, like a third, like a 12 year old. Okay. Like they stink, you know? Um, and I was jealous of this kid because he had the sickest, seriously, the sickest shirt I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm not joking. I know it sounds silly. I don't know why he had this shirt, okay? I was like, bro, give me that shirt. Like, it, said, it just said, seek discomfort, okay? It just said, seek discomfort. And then on the back, it was like, Austin, Texas, uh, gym or something. I was like, dude, come on, gym, like. You don't go to the gym. Um, you're like you're like a little kid. You play like Roblox or something. Um, but but I love that shirt. I I even have it pulled up like on a tab. I haven't bought it yet. I don't know why. But I have it pulled up because I looked up that gym and I was like, dude, this is so sick. Seek discomfort, and that's what common unselfishness looks like. Okay, my jealousy of this little kid turned into me having this understanding of what real unselfishness looks like. I need to recognize that my, excuse me, your comfort is more important than mine. Your happiness is more important than mine. Okay? Like, that is common unselfishness. I have to seek discomfort. Do you buy your friends their meals? Do you make them coffee when they come over? Do you have your friends over to your apartment um, or your dorm? Do you clean the dishes when you didn't even use them? Do you bring up sensitive and challenging subjects or conversations for their highest good? That is incredibly unselfish, and that is incredibly uncomfortable. Um, Frankie does a great job about that. He's always keeping me, like, on the right path. If I, like, go off somewhere and it's really, like, misinterpreted by other people, he's like, hey, like, come over here. Let's talk. Do you recognize that you just said blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I mean, 
And he's like, no. And and there's this proverb that says, a, f- a friend loves at all times, but a brother is, is made for adversity. A brother is made to seek discomfort. And so if we're talking about a friend, that's, that's cute. They're there all the time. They're there when I need them. But a brother is made for adversity. They are there to have these unselfish, uncomfortable conversations. And, and so am I doing that for others? Or am I just letting it, you know, that's not that's above my pay grade. You know what I'm saying? Like like I don't need to have this conversation because his mama should have said, you know, whatever. Okay. We good? Y'all okay? There's two more. Excuse me. Two more. Um I'm learning. Uh <laughs> I know, seriously. <laughs> okay, cool. So so um common understanding, common unselfishness. I said the four C's. This next one's not CU. Um, constant forgiveness, okay? Constant forgiveness. Um, uh, Billy Graham says, man has two great needs, to be forgiven by God and offer forgiveness, okay? I, I have um, been walking with Jesus for over 10 years, and this, in my opinion, at least in my experience, has been the most difficult, the most, um, uh, like, the one that takes people out the most, okay? This is, like, this is serious, okay? Um, this is, this is, this is very serious. He that loves little forgives little, okay? He that loves little forgives little. People who have, who I have seen walk away from God, um, and I'm not talking about, like, somebody that's not really about it. You know what I'm saying? That that that's like that's fine. I'm talking about someone who's like a small group leader or like a pastor or like um like uh people that are like um working in like the sheriff's department and they really do love God. The people that I have seen um become disinterested in serving him, reject him or even go so far as to deny him are people that almost invariably choose myself first and say I won't forgive you okay even friends not just some like rando person but like like real friends like you hurt me and like we're done you know what I'm saying like that's yeah that's really scary um the people who are most forgiving um have have the longest and the richest friendships okay that's like that's pretty cool um, forgiveness takes humility. It means taking and absorbing pain that's done towards me, whether it's been conscious, like you meant to, or unconscious, and you just offended me. Um, and choosing to love someone regardless of, of what they say. I'm talking about people that have forgiven you never said sorry to me. I'm talking about people that have, have forgiven you didn't even know you hurt me. And I'm talking about people that have forgiven you're dead, so I can't actually even talk to you anymore. But I forgive you. You see what I'm saying? Like, Forgiveness is a big deal. Um, you might say, well, come on. You don't know. Come on, Charles. You don't know how I've been wronged, right? This is, like, all that stuff, that's like weenie. Like, this This is, like, real hurt, okay? <laughs> I heard this. They're never going to treat you better than they treated Jesus. If you're, if you're a friend of God, they're never going to treat you better than they treated him. And they took this innocent life a man of forgiveness, a man of simplicity, a man of love, 
and they and they murdered him. You know what I'm saying? They lied about him. They they tortured him. You know what I'm saying? And so if we're like in that boat, surprise, like like that that may come. You see what I'm saying? Like and and we have to forgive because Jesus did. Um. So constant forgiveness. Okay, that's number three, and there's four. So this is the last one. Um, and this is one is courageous commitment. Okay, and this is what I talked about earlier on commitment. This is like our feet. It says, uh, oh, sorry. Forgiveness. I don't know if anybody noticed, but if you didn't, you're not paying attention. Uh, forgiveness wasn't mentioned in Philippians in, the, in that verse, but it's mentioned so many times in the Bible. And, I'm, and I want to say this. The main way that Jesus talks about forgiveness, he says, hey, if you don't forgive other people, like God the Father's not going to forgive you. Okay, so like it seems like it's like I need a lot of forgiveness. You know what I'm saying? So seriously, so so that's if you're looking for a scripture to to, to dive in on that, then just read the Bible. Like it's it's going to be there. Okay, um, yeah. Uh, so so courageous commitment. Um, so we so we have our head, our hands, our heart, all in line. Makes sense. And then we have our feet. So let each of you look out not only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. Like I said earlier in my story when I was a freshman, or excuse me, a sophomore, junior, I don't remember when it was, um, I wanted to transfer. I learned that commitment is a key component to long-lasting, rich, deep friendships. And, yeah, the most beautiful thing about that is I'm not just like, hey, this is a cool idea. Like, that guy Rob and that girl Jasmine, like, that couple, dude, like, they're, like, still my best friends, okay? Like, uh... Um, like maybe six or seven years ago, Jasmine has like this really weird, um, kidney thing. Like all of her kidneys are bad. All of them. She has three now actually. Um, and we had just moved up here and I was like praying and, and like, she didn't have a match. And so all of us were like, Hey, we'll just do it. Like just whatever you gotta do me, like poke me and then tell me if I can do it. And, and Rob actually ended up giving her his kidney. So that's like love story. Um, so cute. But dude, I just remember like, the, like these are close friends. Like, <laughs> like I'm a little dramatic and I was like weeping one time, just like, Lord, like, like, I, like this is the worst thing ever. And, and he really spoke to me. He was like, yeah, but like, like, these are your friends. Like, this is why you feel this way. It's it, They were overseas. They literally were overseas. And I, I didn't even see them or, or anything like that. I couldn't really call them easily. And, man, there's just, like, that knitting together. You know what I'm saying? That, that like, comes when we commit ourselves to, to being, to having good posture. Okay? So so I'm, I'm saying, like, when I was going to transfer, I was going to leave that behind. Does that make sense? Like, I was, I was planning on leaving all those friendships. They didn't mean anything. You know what I mean? Like, like I'd rather have a better network for a job. Like, that's so selfish. You see what I'm saying? And so when, when we're talking about these, these deep friendships, they really do come through commitment. Um, this is, like, very, very, very countercultural. Everyone wants to go from one place to another, okay? Um, jump from group to group. What this would look like is if you're a part of Chi Alpha and we are talking about, like, whatever like these guys are so holy like they're always talking about holiness lordship like okay we get it like i need to be obedient but i don't want to so i'm gonna go over to this group and i like this small group but then you're like meh 
like like the guys in Kyle are way more attractive, so I need to find somewhere else. And then you end up going to like another group, and you're like, I'll see how this goes. And you're like, man, these guys are just like, they're just into sports, and I'm not really a sports person, and so I need to find another group. Like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, you're not committed. That's very, very, very scary. Um, I think it's an Ezekiel. You can correct me if I'm wrong. The locusts have no king. Yes? No. Old Testament. Um, it says the locusts have no king. Okay? So they hop, 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 hop around like bugs life. Okay? They, they just go around and they steal everything. Um, they hop from place to place to consume. They ruin, like, like you think of a locust just being like, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But I'm talking about like a swarm. Like they, they're not just nasty. They are. But like they ruin, people die because of them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like crops are ruined so, so I can't eat. And they just leave death and destruction in their wake. And, and that's what noncommittal people look like. Okay? Death and destruction come from them. The other option, so, so the other option would be like a honeybee. Okay? A honeybee goes from one place and there's pollination and there's new life that comes from going to that. And so that might look like, and, and, and this is like a little silly, but when you graduate, you can't just be in Chi Alpha forever. Sorry. Like, you can't. Uh, you got to grow up. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, but, but when you graduate, hopefully you have impacted your small group in such a way that people love Jesus for eternity. Right? Like, I've been the type of friend, whether I've led it or whether I've been a part of this small group, that other people are attracted to Jesus. And now they know him. And so I'm, uh, so, but now I need to go here. And you start going to this church and you start just serving that pastor and loving him. And he's like, I never knew young people even love Jesus. Like, sad truth. It happens all the time. Um, but, but then you are, you're bringing life every single place you're going, okay? Because you're contributing, you're not just consuming. Okay, so you don't want to be a locust. You want to be a honeybee. If someone in this small group isn't like me, then I need to go find somewhere where, where more people are like me. Okay, that's so selfish. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's so selfish. Because that's, you're the center of that thought. So friendship has more to do with what you can do for your friends than what your friends can do for you. Okay, so if your posture's right, that means that's what you're thinking about. If you're not fighting for your friendships, yeah, if, if, if your posture's off, then, then you are bringing death, okay? Like, for real. Not just, like, a little bit, but, like, that's bad. If, you're, if your posture's right, then, then we can bring life, and there can be, like, dude, like, big stuff. You know what I'm saying? But that has to be in line. So, the band can come up. We're, uh, we're almost done. The most important thing I want y'all to get from this is not like, uh, hey, I, I've, I've done this before, okay? Like, I, I've actually sat there and been, like, giving my friends, like, grades. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, they're constant commitment, but they're definitely not common understanding. You know what I'm saying? But the most important thing you can get out of this is that are you a friend like this? Are you this type of friend? Are you forgiving or do you hold grudges? Do you have something that you're willing to stand up for and defend outside of yourself? Are you committed to your friends when a paycheck or relationship is calling you somewhere else? Are you willing to love without being paid back or returned in the way that you expect it to be? Like, I wanted you to say thanks. You know what I'm saying? Do you trust someone else with your personality and, w and with your future?
to say, I don't really care what other people think means that you're not being a good friend. We need to care what our friends think about us. We need to be close enough that we trust them with our own personality and with our own futures. If, if, if I hadn't done that, I would be living the life, making a ton of money as like some type of engineer, probably with like 16 kids and, and have gone to this school. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if I had not cared what other people think, you know what I'm saying? Like, like we wouldn't be here actually. Okay. Like that, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty crazy. You can take up your cross. Eh, I'll leave that. Talk about that another time. You do have a friend like this. You do have friends that have dreams for you and treat you better than you deserve. They were sitting right next to you. You do have friends that have your future and best interests in mind and encourage you and challenge you to grow. They're sitting right next to you. But ultimately, we all have a friend like this in Jesus. He's the best friend we can have. He's better than any small group leader. He's better than any small group member. He's better than any tribe leader. You know what I'm saying? Jesus really is the greatest example for us to have a right posture of friendship because he did. He is the, yeah, he's amazing. He has common understanding. He loved people enough to tell them the truth. You are my friends if he didn't want to make them happy. He wanted to tell them the truth. He cared about them. You are my friends if you do what I command you. That's probably he lost some friends over saying that. I mean, I, I don't know if I would have been so happy to be like, oh, okay, you know, what? Common understanding. He showed his disciples unconditional love without deserving it and loved God in front of them. Okay? He he was yeah, he was he was so he was so loving that he actually took one of the people that betrayed him, Peter, and there's there's a part in the Bible that says that they hung out. But it doesn't say what they did. It doesn't say what they talked about. And it's this um intimate time that Jesus spent with Peter to love on him and say, "Hey, I forgive you." I love you. Don't be like Judas. Don't go kill yourself because I would have done the same thing for Judas if he was repentant. But I love you. I want to be your friend. He had enough love to do that. He had constant forgiveness. He forgave his friends when they betrayed him. He, he, he actually reinstated him as a disciple. It wasn't like, you can like wash our feet, but you're not going to be like, you know, one of the guys anymore. Like you, you, you've, well, that ship has sailed. Like he reinstated him to be an apostle. That's, and then, and then Peter's the main guy that, like, 3,000 people got saved in a day because of Peter. Like, that's, that's pretty crazy. And then com- uh, courageous commitment. Um, he didn't give up on these guys even when they struggled to follow him. Even when they said, where else are we going to go? You're, you're our default. He still committed to them. He still loved them. So um, we're going to worship. But, I, yeah, for a couple minutes, I just want to pray um, and ask God to reveal, A, um, we need to be thankful that Jesus is this kind of friend. And so thank him that he is this kind of friend to us. But then, um, and then, and then ask him, God, how can I be a friend like you? Which of these four C's or two of them or three of them or all four of them, does my posture need to be realigned? And Holy Spirit, would you realign that in me and show me practical ways to work this out? Does that make sense? Cool. So, uh, yeah, Jesus, we love you. We're grateful for you, God. We, we want to be like you. We want to be a great friend like you were. Um, and are to us, Father God. Um, Jesus, you really are the best friend that we could ever ask for. And, and there's proof in that because you've given us amazing friends that we get to walk through life with this as well as walk through it with you, God. We love you. We're grateful for you. And uh, yeah, we want to worship you tonight, God. And you know, I pray. Amen.